0: because what, guys? All we need is love. We'll play it later. We'll play it later. We bought it. We'll play it later. All right. All you need is love, guys. So this time of the year, love is in the air, is it not? Valentine's Day is coming swift, fast. The day when all men run out and spend ridiculous amounts of money to woo their ladies. Not all of them. I've actually, I'm so, like, practical, I told my husband, I said, don't spend anything. So I said, I don't want nothing, seriously. Uh, and women everywhere become depressed because they have no one to give them flowers or candy or stuff bare. because they have no valentine that loves them. No one loves them. You guys right now go, aw, aw, okay. All right, so love, love, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it, when it all works good. The song we just heard, The Beatles, wrote and sang the song, All You Need Is Love, in 1967. And it was actually written as a message to the world. It was written actually specifically for an international television broadcast that they did. It was supposed to last six hours long that this, this whole group put on. And it was to show around 17 countries around the world. And it was basically a kickoff of the very first international broad- broadcast broadcast with the then-new satellite technology that we are still in today. I mean, so this is pretty radical. It's pretty new. So this song was written about the times. How many of you guys know about the hippies? Yeah, the hippies, man. It was all about the hippies then. You know, it was about uh, using words, all you need is love, was written really about the time that they were in. And it was basically these young hippie crowds that were protesting the war. Make love, no, not war. And, and that was all the signs that they were putting up and holding up all the time. And, and everybody talked about love and how great love was. And that's all they talked about. Do you think John Lennon knew anything about love? Maybe. Would it be surprising to find out that John Lennon wasn't wrong? He wasn't wrong at all. Actually, John Lennon was right. Right. He was actually quite right. He actually spoke great truth. He just didn't understand what he was actually saying, but he actually spoke great truth. Um, just not in the way that hippies or maybe John Lennon was thinking he meant it, but he actually meant it in a quite a, a real, true, real sense in what God's word would say about it. Uh, the truth is that God is love. God is love. So if, you say, if someone says, what is love? What is it about? God's word says God is love. So, yes, all we need is love because of the fact that what we really truly only, only need and all we need is God. If we got that part of our life together, we would realize that the other parts of the lives would probably fall into place the way we need to. So all you need is love. Truthfully, what do we really need? All you need is God. So that's the true point of what it is. See, the thing is, love won't really become Yours, just because there's Valentine's Day, just because you have maybe a, a man or woman who's going to give you that card and, you know, be all, you know, lovey-dovey with you and sending you all these things. And, and you know, the thing is, the world's problems aren't going to go away just because we sing a song and just because there's all this radical movement of saying that, you know, what we're going to make love, not war, and all this. That's, that really, in the great sense of thing, isn't going to affect us that much. No matter how good the song is, it's really not going to change some things. Because love, really, there is so much more to it than that. If you read First John, uh, John 4, 7 in the message, it says, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So it says it just straight up. <clears throat> so you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love that we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son as a sacrifice to clear us away our sins and damage that they've done to our relationship with God. So this may be a lot different, maybe radically different than what you've ever thought about what love is. You may have never really thought about love in that aspect. You know, I'm sure you guys have heard about the love. You know, I love you, and... We all love each other and all these different things, you know. It's like become very different in today's world. I mean, the world throws around love so easy. I mean, there's new relationships, ones that just start out. Little tiny kids, 9, 10 years old, it's like, I love you. No, I love you. And everybody loves each other. And they're always throwing that word out there, you know. And I'm sure even in your young years that you are, I'm sure there's some of you out there that can actually think back to this very first love relationship, that you think back and you think, I loved that person. And now you're like, what was I thinking? I thought I loved that person? Ew. I mean, we, we do this, don't we? I mean, we do this. I know there was a couple people I liked that thinking, what was I thinking? Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. But, you know, the word love has become cheapened. It might not no longer be this beautiful sparkling, sparkling diamond But instead, just a genuine cubic zirconia. (laughs) Zirconia, and that's it. You know, it may sparkle and shine at first. It may be real pretty and sparkly. But soon its brilliance is going to begin to fade. And uh, you're going to begin to find out that it really didn't have the value that you once thought it had. You know, have you ever seen, uh, case in point, my earrings? I bought these earrings. They're big sparkles. When I first got them, they were so sparkly. I loved them fake i don't buy anything real i'm like as cheap as you get but um you know what i think i honestly only warm about a month and they look all cloudy and they're just not very pretty anymore kind of disappointing every time i look at them I'm like i'm really not really that pretty like they used to be so you know the thing is you have to ask yourself what what is it that you know about love what is it that you really experience about love what do you think about love when people talk about love what does it mean to you what's the point we hear about love all the time we see about it in the movies. Every, about every song on the radio is about some love. If it ain't now, things are changing. I don't know. Maybe it's all about, I don't know. I'm not going to say. Because <laughs> I get myself into trouble. I say some things, I'm thinking, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, most people don't really understand that to truly love yourself and others, that you have to go to the very creator of it to get it. First John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. So the fact that we love at all, comes out of the fact that God loved us first. And that's what it comes from. So love being this tiny little word, it has the power to change all things because God has the power to change us. And that's what we have to remember about that. In uh, 1 John four seventeen, in the message, it says, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home, and matures in us so that we're free of worry on Judgment Day, our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear, since fear is crippling. A fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. You know, we we just talked on Tuesday night. I, I will tell you, it's true what Amy says. If you guys have never come to prayer, you're missing out. I'm gonna tell you, there are some powerful nights that we have up here in prayer. Uh, a lot of times really connect with people on a different level and and spend time really just to uh, seek after God and ask God to help in your life because we all need help. And uh, there's really a time of uh, really just praying for each other and and being there for each other. And I think um, sometimes it's stressful that day, and I'm like, oh, you know, i got to stick around, i got to go to prayer. And you know what, we're all human nature, we have those thoughts, but you know what, there's never a time where I walk out and I'm not disappointed. I'm always happy that I came after I left, you know. But Donald Stamps, in the Full Life Study Bible, he explains that love comes to us as a result of the fruit spirit, and it is the evidence of our new birth when we accept him as our Savior, but that it's not enough, that just that little deposit that's put in our heart when we first accept him and all that, that's not going to be enough, that we actually have to work on developing love. We have to really seek out what love is in our life. And we're told to truly love others and be concerned about them and to seek out other people's welfare. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, We may have the ability to love inside of us, like I say, because it's given by the Holy Spirit. You know, when we accept Jesus as our Savior, what happens is God says he lives inside of our hearts. And at that moment, he comes and lives inside there. So we're given that that gift. But then daily, it's our decisions that we have to make to start to show who it is that we are and uh, what it is that we desire to do with that. So it's not just enough. You know, this whole message of salvation, people always think it truly is this, this ending thing, like, okay, my name's written down in the book of life, I'm good, you know? That's not, that's not the point. You know, when it talks in the Bible, it says uh, the works. It's not that you go off and feed the homeless. What it is, and what God's saying is that, you know, what our actions, what we've done as a body of Christ will determine whether or not we truly are saved. That's what's going to make the difference. It's not that we just go off and perform all these great deeds. It's the fact that what we're doing and why we're doing them, what's the point, why are we accomplishing these things, is it because we truly love and we desire to help others. That's what it's all about. So we should truly look more and more like Jesus as the days go by. Every day we should look more and more and more like him. We're supposed to change. We're supposed to rip away ourselves and there's the, the Bible talks about there's a fight between us. There's a the sinful nature that lives inside of us. But once you become a child of God, you also have the Holy Spirit that lives inside you also. So this battle takes place inside of us, and it's up to us who it is that we decide to serve on a daily basis. So because love is the very nature of God, we have it first by being born again. And because we have what Jesus himself has, we can begin to think like him. That's true. You know, you're going to see people and you're going to think, wow, I want to I help that person, or I'm concerned about that person, and you're going to start to feel that. You know, there's going to be people that you're going to meet and you're like, you feel burdened to pray for them. You feel like you need to do something for them. Show them that you care and all that stuff, and that's really just because God lives inside of us and he starts to change ourselves. He starts to change our heart. He makes us more kind, more loving, more gentle. There's people that you know, I'm sure, that you've seen God change maybe a hardness, maybe something inside them, they weren't very, very friendly, or, or maybe never the type to cry, never the type to show sensitivity, and all of a sudden they become believers, and they'll start to get emotional when they talk about something of God, or they'll see something. And um, a couple of weeks ago, talking about missions, you know, sometimes you'll hear something about missions, and you feel like God's telling you to do something for God, and it's like you, you feel it in your heart. That's because God lives inside of us, and he's, Showing us something that we need to accomplish because we have Jesus inside of us. Um, If you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to tell you, do it. Do it. I'm going to tell you, you don't know what you're waiting for. There's no point in waiting. All you're waiting for is you're one day closer to dying. That's all you are because we're not going to go the other way. So the thing is, you have to start thinking about your relationship with God because ultimately it is going to make a difference where you end up. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior, please, seriously think upon that before you go to bed even if you don't do that with me don't don't pray with me ask God to show you that he's real ask God to show you that if it's something that you need to do let him work on that with you because I'm gonna tell you you'll never regret it never never regret what you the decision I made I'll never do it as a matter of fact I wore this little pin today this one right here this little silver one in honor of really my salvation Because the fact is when I was, uh, it was February 28th, 1993 when I got saved, but it was like a couple weeks after I got saved, I went and I happened to go to the uh, drugstore, Goslin's, and I picked up a prescription for John and I happened to look over at the counter and they had this little tiny pin there and it says agape on a little heart. And I thought, that's so cool. Because at the time I'd never heard the word agape. I mean, I, I mean, I, before that, you know, and then all of a sudden I got saved and people started talking about, what is agape love? Agape love is the most pure form of love. It's the love that God has for his children, and that's what's so great. I mean, so when I thought that some saw this little pin, it was like God was just, like, reaffirming to me. It's like, I love you, and I love this pin, and I lost it for the longest time. And on one day I happened to look through something I found, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have my pin. This is, like, so great for me. I will cherish this pin to the day I die. I I think it cost me like 99 cents. But I absolutely love my pin. And uh, you know what it means a lot to me? Because you know, you see things all the time written with love. But you don't see something written with agape on it very much. And I thought, I think that's so cool. It really spoke to me then. It still does to me. But I'm going to tell you, your salvation, if you truly mean it, if you truly grow, if you truly become what Christ wanted you to, I'm going to tell you that day will always matter to you. You're going to always look back at the day and think, that was the day everything changed for me. You know, that's what's so great about it. The other thing with love is because God loved us and we experienced it firsthand, receiving his love, receiving his forgiveness, and receiving his help, we are now obligated to do the same for others, even at a great personal cost to ourselves. We're supposed to be willing to go off and spread the message of Christ. If you yourself are a believer, and if you have never spoken that to a friend that you go to school with, shame on you. Shame on you, because you should. You should be telling them what the truth is. All of us should be. We should be willing to stand up and say what we truly believe in because we know it's life-changing for us. Why wouldn't we want it for somebody else? All we can start to think after a while when we don't do is that maybe we really don't believe that, that God can change them. The other thing is we're supposed to treat people with respect and love and compassion. And if you read Luke uh, 10, 25 through 37 in the message, um, I'm going to tell you what it says that we're supposed to do for others, and it's just really what um, what happened with this man, and it's the uh, Samaritan man that helps him. It says here, it's talking, it says, uh, just then a religious scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? And he answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? One thing that's so awesome about God that I love in his word, if you notice what happens all the time when people ask Jesus' question, you know what Jesus does? He turns around and he says, you tell me what it says. Because the thing is, what we say out of our mouths and what we say out of our spirit tells so much about what we truly believe. And see, God always wants us to answer for ourselves. It's not that somebody else gets to come up and get the decision made for you. You yourself to say, what does it mean to you? What does it say to you? And that's what Jesus always did. And the the man, the religious scholar, said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion, prayer, and muscle, and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it, and you'll live. Looking for a loophole, he asked, and just how would you define the neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the way he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. "'Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road, "'but when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. "'Then a Levite, religious man, showed up, "'but he also avoided the injured man. "'A Samaritan traveling the road came on him, "'and when he saw the man's condition, "'his heart went out to him. "'He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds, "'and then he lifted him up on his donkey "'and led him to an inn and made him comfortable.' And in the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think, Jesus said? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? Again, Jesus asked a question. The one who treated him kindly, the religious scholar, responded, Jesus said, go and do the same. See, the thing is, Jesus had a heart of compassion. He cared about people, and he said, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow that same line of thinking. It doesn't matter who the person is. These people were enemies. Samaritan, I mean, they they didn't get along naturally, but you know what? He had compassion on them because he had what Jesus had, love and empathy, and that's what we're supposed to have. So at a great personal cost, financial, comfort, all that we're supposed to do just like Jesus would do. You know, the thing is with love, someone may be able to pretend to love you for a short time, but the thing is, most marriages, most relationships, if it's not real, it'll show the cracks really quick over time, won't it? How many times have you ever been hurt by somebody that said that they loved you? Because they really, truly didn't mean it. They really weren't ready to sacrifice for you. They really weren't ready to go out of their way for you. While it was convenient, yes, but when it started to cost them something, They hightailed it out of there See that's not real love That's not what real love is I'm going to tell you what real love is 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 sticking it out and being there for somebody That you love no matter what Helping them through all battles and, And being there for them when they're going Through literal hell On earth and you're there by their side That's what's real love So the thing is our actions and our words Will always show God and others who we truly are Over time if you don't love somebody You're going to show that you don't love them Over time, if someone doesn't love you, they will start to show it. It will be a matter of time. That bright, shiny diamond's gonna start to fade and you're gonna think, wow, fake. Just a fake. Another fake. Also, if we continue to love one another, then God will continue to live inside of us. Isn't that what we want as believers? I'm gonna tell you, I would literally die if it wasn't for the fact that I didn't have God inside me. I can't imagine my life ever again, without knowing that he's right this close. I couldn't do it. Not once you've tasted, then you think, wow, I'm never alone. I know the comfort of knowing that um, even if I'm afraid that he's right there, anything I go through, he's going to take care of me. He loves me. He's not going to fade. It's never going to look less shiny. Only if I really pull away, that's the only way it's going to make a difference and change. That is the most comforting comforting beautiful thought that you can have to know that God lives inside of us. You know, once we say we love him, we want him as our savior, we accept him. He goes into our heart and he lives there. And I never have to go somewhere to reach him. I don't have to come here to reach him. I can just call out his name and he's right there. You know, the thing is he made his home in my heart just like he makes his home in each one of your hearts that believed it for real, not just fakely, because I'm going to tell you, you can't say that you love God and not mean it and think he's going to be there because he's not. Just like anybody else proves that they don't love, you yourself will prove to God that you don't love him by what you don't do. That's something to think about. See, a lot of times we think that we're going to get by we're going to just like, you know, do the do the basics and you know, just get by and squeak by in our relationship with God and see. The thing is what he's saying is if we really truly love him, we're not going to skimp on what we believe with him. We're going to really truly get up and seek after him that day, each day. We're going to pray, we're going to read his word, we're going to actually seek what he would desire for each one of us on a daily basis because we love him. So we do it. If you don't do that, you're just showing God over and over again, that you are nothing but a fake, cubic zirconian. That's it. That's it. Nothing more. So the true love is like a genuine diamond. Never going to lose it, Sparkle. Never. You're never going to lose it. Um, I know for a fact, uh, you know what? Cost me nothing. Nothing. Except my will <laughs> to serve him. Didn't cost me money. Didn't cost me jewels, diamonds, nothing to follow after God. But you know what? I have received a billion times back from what he gave me. And uh, that's the thing is, you know, we sit up here every week and I say, guys, get it. Understand this because it is life changing. If you make this decision for yourself, you really seek after God, you can change your destiny, but not just yours. You can change friends, family. Someday when you go off to have kids, because... The majority of you are going to go off and have children someday. If you are founded in God, if you seriously, truly believe it and serve him with your heart, you are going to be the best possible parent and you are going to reap great benefits someday. The best thing that ever happened to me was have kids that serve God. I mean, it is a joy. When it talks about that the Bible, it says that it is a joy as a mom to see her kids. I mean, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing more beautiful than to watch my kids praise God. And then I come up here and I watch you guys, praise God. It's the best. It's just the best. It's the the most beautiful thing in the world. And you could have that for yourself and for your kids someday and the people that you come into contact with if you would just truly, truly love him and not be fake about it. So I want to pray for your relationship with God real quick. All right? Well, Lord, I just pray that you would just help each person that's here, Lord, each person that is listening over the podcast too, Lord, I just pray that you would help them. Lord, to just really, truly seek after you, Lord, that it would be a real, genuine love. And Lord, that they would realize, Lord, that um, just these bubblegum diamond rings and stuff aren't going to make a difference. It's not going to work. I just pray, Father, that you would help them. Help them, Lord, to see that you're real. I just pray on Saturday, Lord God, when everybody's thinking about what love is and, and this fake and phony thought about what love is, Lord, I just pray that that day would be a day, Lord, we, we would truly feel your love and we'd know, Lord God, what it is to follow after you. And, And do it with our deepest desires. And I just pray that you would be with each person here, their family. I just pray, Father, that you draw them closer, Lord. I just pray that they would be willing, Lord, to take a step closer to you. uh, Because we know, Lord, from your word that once they take that step, Lord, that you're only going to come closer. I just pray, Father, that you would change lives here tonight. And, uh, Lord, for those that have not made the decision, Lord, that they would be truly hounded by your Holy Spirit, Lord. I just pray that you would seek after them with such strength, Lord God, that they could hardly escape. And I just pray, Father, that for those who have made the decision and maybe have faltered, I just pray, Lord, that you just pull them up and dust them off and help them get their feet straight and and be ready to move on. And Lord, for those who are uh, just playing church, Lord, I just pray that you'd show them, Lord God, that it's not working. Just pray for those that are really, truly loving you, Lord, I just pray that they'd continue, Lord, to grow in their, their strength and their faith and Lord, that uh, you would help them in everything that they do. Lord, help to give them strength and hope. And I just thank you, Father, for everything that you're going to do for each person that's here, Lord. We just thank you for this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we are going to do things differently tonight. If you need me to pray with you later, please come to me, and I'll pray with you for anything. But we are going to actually play some games. And it is an old-fashioned game. How many of you guys out there... Ever had played? I know John has. I think they played this one at Boy Scouts after John did it here. Up Jenkins. We're gonna play Up Jenkins, and this is like old school. Like I say, when we talk about the youth ministry and it's about just about seven years old, I'm gonna tell you we used to play Up Jenkins, and who was the master of it was Jer. If you guys know Jer, Jer loved Up Jenkins. So um, we're going to play up Jenkins tonight and uh, just enjoy it and hang out for a little while, all right? And if you guys can stick around for the theater, please do, okay? Good night tonight. Get Smart's really awesomely funny. Stick around for it. What I'm going to have you guys do when they bring the tables, we're going to take the chairs, and when he's going to put two tables here and then two tables back there. We're going to try to put uh, chairs on each side. So just grab your chair and kind of pull them alongside because we have to have a seat on each side. To be able to fit. We're going to have to have two different tables and sets of people. Nothing you can know that isn't known. Nothing you can see that isn't shown. Which one? No yeah, this one.